good morning, good afternoon, good evening to everyone wherever and whenever you're listening to this. My name is Andreas with Grace Healing Ministries and I have with me Larry again. Hi Larry, how are you doing today? Good morning, fantastic. Great. So we, we were talking about that we want to talk about the spirit of doubt and as I was thinking about doubt, you know, first I'm thinking about we are doubting outcomes after we asked for a specific outcome. Um, and when things don't happen right away, then we think, well, where is God in this? Why don't I get any answer? I, I was looking in scripture. Uh, uh, I found an interesting quote, and I'm going to read that real quick. It's from James chapter 1, 6 to 8. And it says, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. So does that mean if we have doubt that we lack faith? How do well, that's, that's a good question, because in... My experience in dealing with um, a lot of different faiths and a lot of beliefs and practices that are out there today that you would define as religious views, whether they're Christian, uh, Buddhist, or Hindu, or whatever. In all humility, what I see is people don't understand what faith is. Because you hear within different church settings or different um, instructional settings, people crying out to God, Oh, God, give me more faith. The reality is God can't give you more faith. God has given you faith, period. It is your willingness to engage within faith through trust that determines the measurable result. That's our part of joining with the absolute gift of God's presence, which the gift of God's presence is absolute faith without limitation, without a volume dial turned down. Because God didn't come out to you and give you the gift of faith and say, all right, I'll be back next year and give you the batteries. It was given to you in totality. And we have to back up for a moment. Like when you said at the opening of the call, we were going to speak about the spirit of doubt. One of the other major misconceptions that I witness, especially within the Christian practice of faith, is they've lost sight of the fact that we are dealing with things of a spiritual nature rising from the order of principalities that anytime, these are Yeshua's words, anytime we see something of a corrupt or broken nature, it rises of the spiritual realm first or the order of principalities. So <clears throat> when you say the word spirit of doubt, and what it just said in scripture to be not in a spirit of doubt. You have to look at the understanding throughout the totality of the word. Like when it says, I have not given you a spirit of fear. I have given you a spirit of love. See what God is defining for us is there is a spiritual result. There is a spiritual influence, a spirit, small s spirit doubt, not capital S spirit God. So if we're dealing with a spirit of doubt and we sense within us doubt, that is not some intellectual process. Oh, I'm doubting the outcome. No, there is a spiritual influence present within you being revealed through 
the nature of being doubtful. If you would take the gut moment that we've talked about so many times, Andreas, and choose God within that moment, and then clearly and succinctly, not double-minded, like it just said there, that it, there is one that is double-minded. In other words, you can't go in one, you can't go in two directions at one time. You, you, you have to center your focus and come into clarity. So if you just do the simple act of embracing first God, then releasing specifically the spirit of doubt. Welcoming in God in that moment. See, the, the key is this. Yeshua also said that if you release anything of a spirit nature or of a demonic nature, you must welcome the presence of God within this place or many of like kind will return. So now we've released the spirit of doubt. We remember God established the full gift of faith within me. So I choose to embrace faith through trust. And instead of doubt, I welcome in God's clarity through trust. So we're taking God's presence and recognizing that God's presence preceded the nature of the spirit of doubt within me. So we've sought God. We've released the doubt. Now we've welcomed the truth that God's presence preceded doubt. And now we return to the recognition of the clarity that is God and the trust in the faith that he has given us. Could it be that we, you know, you mentioned measurable results, you know, yes. that we, we want measurable results. Could it be that we don't know what results we want? Could it be that we are so driven by worldly and earthly things that maybe the wrong results that we're seeking, that we don't see the, you know, the blessed results that are already there? That's what, what yep. where the fear or the, the doubt comes in, right? The spirit of the doubt. The doubt comes in the fact that people are trying to form the prayer themselves. Mm. Now, and we've talked about this before. There's many times where I've run into people that are trying to set up like a, a, a board of people to make a decision about what's going to happen with the funds within this group or within that fraternity or within this church or whatever. And they're sitting down and they're searching the knowledge of the earth. And they're being bandied about by the winds of the earth. Well, what's the first priority? What should we do here? What should we do there? Where are we going to plug this in? But they have not sought first God. We don't bring God the measure of our desires. We come before God and we surrender the measure of our desires. Then we search God. As we search God, and actually I was in a prayer call with somebody last night and this, this thought came to mind. If you relinquish your desire to set goals, you relinquish your desire to set expectations, you relinquish your desires, period, then embrace the living presence of God within you, you will encounter God. And when you encounter God, you will discover within God the appropriate goal or expectation that is already completed in God's will and plan. Not something you had to construct from a place of lack. Not something you had to construct from a hopeful desire to please God. It will be a recognition of that which is God already preceding you. And your prayers would change to be formed in such a way that they would actually come out with the words of the actual goal completed based upon the holy design of that which is God, not what you brought forward in desires. 
Because even a, even a fraternal organization, you know, we should really expand our building. We should make more room for more people. And they sit and let that desire go. And as a fraternity, they sit there and choose to recognize the one greater power that is God over even the fraternal organization and the individuals within it. They welcome God's presence into the fraternity, seek God, whether it is a church, fraternal organization, or a business. They will discover a clear pattern unfolding from within the fractal nature of the group, broken up into fragments, individuals sitting around a board table or whatever. One person will speak up and offer a thought. Another person will magnify that thought. Another person might bring forth discontent. They release that discontent, help that person understand what's going on within themselves and release it as a group. They move as a group to bring purity of clarity of thought through the whole body in the completion of that central meeting. All of a sudden, there is a sense of clarity that comes forth from the meeting and the leader that states, you know, my sense is we're not supposed to expand the building. We're supposed to expand our resources to reach outside the building. And all of a sudden they gain a, a goal sense of awareness of their organization's responsibility, not to build more temples for people to dwell in, but to increase their ability to reach outside the temple and include more people within the process of growth, internal recognition and truth. So, this process of taking our desires first before God and letting them down before God, just resting them before God and saying, God, we trust you, not our own machinations, not our own thought process, not our own considerations, even those considerations of this fraternal organization. We submit ourselves fully unto you. We trust that your spirit will guide this meeting, will guide our dialogue and bring us to the desire you hold for expected benchmarks and outcomes and goals for what you want to see completed by your will. Imagine if every relationship, every institution would work that way in this world, how the world would be different. It's incredible. <laughs> we have that desire within grace healing, but we release it every day. Right. We, God has shown me visions of working within the legal institutions, the medical institutions, the, um, the psychiatric institutions, all these different educational institutions to help them understand this concept. That it is not about your will as an institution. It is about how could God use this institution to magnify and increase humanity to the awareness of that which is blessed within creation. And it's our hope to reach into that, but there again, if it's not evidencing, you asked this question before, where is God? Why is it God help? This is a worthy cause. And I can't tell you how many times I've heard that within a group, whether it's Christian, Hindu, Buddhist, whatever, but this was a worthy cause. I don't understand why it didn't succeed. And they're destroyed by the fact that it didn't happen. And this comes back to basic fundamental teaching that if a person is setting out with their desires first in the prayer, they've already lost central focus upon God. And then they're sitting there saying, oh God, well, we really wish you to bless this building. We want you to increase this building. We're coming with a desire that may not be part of God's will. And then we're thrusting resources in, we're chasing people down, we're trying to raise funds, we're alienating people by raising funds for a building that somebody in their heart is going, we're not supposed to do this. They're the one with clarity in the midst of that body, but nobody's listening to them because they forced for a desire. 
and they did not submit it before God. And as this begins to unfold, some people are kind of going, this is not right. And they start to find a divide within the fraternal organization. Then they have quiet spirits of gossip rising over here. They have judgments rising over here. And then they have an offense that rises with them. They didn't even listen to a word I had to say. So even though it was a worthy cause to see the building increase so that they could bring more bodies in, they didn't have the wisdom to recognize that within their midst, they brought their desire first, not their desire to seek God's will. And then as they get down the road, they realize it's not happening. It's just not coming together. We're not, we, it's not happening. We're finding a divide within our people. Oh, we raised the funds real easy. We got the money real quick, but now we're losing our people that we love. So we haven't seen Jim around for a while. Where's Mary, you know? And they're, they're starting to recognize something has changed. Well, we thought God blessed this because they came with a personal desire and said, since it's worthy, God will bless it. Mm -hmm. They didn't honestly, with integrity, release the desire before God and say, God, this is yours. We submit to you completely. It is yours to use as you will. We trust in you to move the prayers of this meeting. And we go, oh, my God, we aren't supposed to expand the building. We're supposed to expand our ability and outreach to reach into the community for those that don't want to be in a building. <clears throat> for those that may be lost in the street corner living in a cardboard castle to another person that may be finding great distress in their lives because they are so guilt ridden because they can't go to church, but their work requires them in church, I mean, in work on Sundays and Wednesdays, so they can't tie into their church community, and they just, they are beating themselves up week by week, destroying their own lives from within themselves, because they are so shamed and guilt-ridden that they can't function anymore, but that church building was there as a beginning point, not a place to increase the building, but a place to increase its re outreach, so again, if we come before God with our desires, we will never gain that wisdom because we will always want to bless what we think is worthy. Yeah. In other words, it, uh, we have an ego-driven agenda often. We, yep. we want to measure our own results that we imagine the results should be. You know, we can replace the word you mentioned, worthy, unworthy. We can replace that with goals, you know, that we always have to set, we feel we have to set. Uh, and then on the flip side is the guilt of unworthiness, isn't there? Yeah, exactly. uh, that so many people are driven with not just relating to church, but feeling unworthy in a relationship because they felt feel let down, they couldn't stand up um, and so forth. Maybe we can talk a little bit about that guilt of unworthiness, what that does to us. It can get us sick, right? Well, let's, let's go back to the beginning of our discussion. This is not something that is just a spiritual emotion or construct. It is spiritual influence. It is many times demonic in nature because usually for a person to feel unworthy, it's been cast into them by an institutional body. It's not something that they just took on themselves. There are women in days of the old, you know, I mean, not even that old, I mean, back in the 60s and 70s, that were actually cast out of the church because they were raped. 
That's the spirit of high judgment moving through the body of a people that is a demonic form of high judgment coming against this blessed and beautiful creation of God. And now she walks with shame, guilt, and she's offended by what the church did to her. So the reality is we've just named that out of spiritual shame, she needs to release the spirit of shame that was cast upon her. She needs to release the spirit of guilt that she embraced within her. She needs to release her attachment to the spirit of high judgment that came against her through that institution, that organization. She can sit there and release these things in the presence of God, welcome presence of God within, that God preceded these things. Where was God in the moment that these things occurred? I released the spirit of rape that came against me through the physical actions of that man. I pray forgiveness unto him, forgiveness unto those within the church, those who led that body of the church, those who were the people that were governed of a spiritual nature, so that in this moment, I would be blessed by God to speak the words of life into this setting. And in my experience, when I was physically raped, I had to discover God's presence within that, discover where was God. God was the protector. My body still functions. I am whole. So God protected me, but I was able to look back through it and release the spirit of rape, release the spirit of aggression, release the spirit of manipulation that came against me, sit there and genuinely with full integrity, embrace God's presence and extend holy forgiveness of God's presence to those individuals that came against me. So it would be the same if we would honestly search the presence of God we would find ways to recognize God within a situation that really stunk in the past. Mm -hmm. We would release the spiritual components, that shame, that guilt, that self-doubt, the corporate doubt, whatever it happens to be. Because if we touch that gap moment of here's a thought, here's our reaction, that gap in the middle, we embrace God. If we do that, we will recognize the things that are in us spiritually because we embrace God and God will reveal everything that is not God. Begin releasing words that don't fit the attributes of God. Then move forward as God forms new words of life within you. I am so thankful that this person that came against me and harmed me in the past no longer holds or governs anything within me as I speak love for them. Increased wisdom, clarity and forgiveness in all their actions this day so that they might rise to remember your presence within, be freed from any guilt they embrace within themselves, be freed from any self-judgment they cast upon themselves from the acts they did against me, that they would recognize you first and move forward from this day to recognize love in every relationship they hold and the ability to honor a person above the desire to take from them. That our words would become words of blessing in every setting. And then miracles happen. I remember you said once it was normal. Miracles were normal. Exactly. Centuries ago. Uh, but if we surrender the way you just described it and release and let God into that space that we have released, then miracles can happen. Agreed. People, people get healed. Blessings are flowing in any and we situation. Every day within grace healing. Yeah. As you know, I mean, you've had friends that we've introduced to just things are changing on a daily yeah. basis. Yeah, that's great. Daily. Now, uh, to wrap it up, let's see if you can put us if you can put together maybe a, like a three-step uh, recipe to deal with doubt 
you know, for people that may be dealing, in, uh, be living in a doubtful presence, you know, how can they tackle it in three simple steps? Well, again, we, we choose the gap, which is fill that with God, that before we react, like I, I sense doubt within me, I'm not sure which direction I'm supposed to go to, stop, breathe, surrender into God's presence. You have permission in life to actually take a moment and take a breath. I don't care what's going on, unless you're about to fall off a cliff or you're about to be hit by a truck, you have the right to actually stop and take a breath. You're trying to figure out your schedule. You're trying to figure out, oh my God, I might be late to work. Even if you're going to be late to work, there is permission within you to just, you know, however late I am, it's okay for me to take 30 seconds and just breathe. And as we breathe, we choose that moment of God. That is God. The living breath within us. The living breath, the old breathing life of God's presence within. We choose that in the gap. From that moment of choosing God, we submit into God and release the spirit of doubt. Specifically with absolute clarity and focus that I am doing one thing right now. I sense doubt within me or around me. I sense doubt moving through me. I choose God first. And then I take the responsibility of gifting life to the spirit of doubt. This broken form within us that is defined as doubt transcends and becomes one with God, no longer present within us. So it is first recognize God, take a deep breath, release the spirit of doubt, then simply choose to recognize God in trust through the gift of faith and move forward with clarity. Choose God within this place. It is that simple. It doesn't have to be covered over with a whole bunch of theological observation and doctrinal theses and all kinds of stuff. It is that simple. God first, release that which is not of God, return to that which is God. It is that simple in every single walk of our experiences, whether it is doubt, whether it is fear, whether it is anger, whether it's judgment. Um, it could be any aspect of anything it is a small s spiritual influence that we embrace the capital S spirit of God. That's the simple answer. Excellent. And we, it, it, I'm always amazed that we always come back to the same Exactly. The same line at the end. It's like, it is. it's about that, what you just described. It's a simple that's, step. That's the key. I mean, how many episodes do we have? Like a hundred and some odd episodes yeah. now? Yeah. So the simplicity of God is, Yahweh, God, I have made it this simple for you. This is all it is. Three simple steps. I am three in one. You are three in one. You do three simple steps. You are one with me. It is just, it is that simple. We don't have to load it up with how many years of college to study the theology. We don't have to load it up with how many years of evaluating doctrinal processes within different practices of faith. We just need to recognize the simplest aspect that God is perfect in nature. God manifested himself through Yeshua. God's living breath resides within us. Then breathe. Choose the reality that God was in us. Release anything that is not of God. 
anything that doesn't reflect God's holy attributes, I will guarantee you is spiritual nature. I've prayed over people, whether they were raped multiple times or whatever it happened to be, and seen rise from them the broken nature of the spirit of rape, transforming into a blessed and holy creation of light as it transforms into God's presence. It is not something that is just a concept to my experience. I have witnessed it so many times I can't even begin to describe it, that to, to, to quantify it in an actual number. That when we talked about Andy, the um, gentleman in prison, there were over a hundred spirits involved in that process and we were witnessing each one of them leaving. His body was dying due to a physical overdose and overload of chemicals in his system. His liver was failing, his kidneys were gone. Everything was dying. The pancreas was, I mean, the heart was failing. Everything was dying and he didn't even have any sense of color to his face. And within 12 minutes of the prayer, during the prayer of 12 minutes, at the end of that, he was fully clear, fully focused, fully open. The sheriffs and the ambulance people like going, they didn't do anything. They didn't do a blood transfusion, nothing. But when we released each individual spiritual entity, individual form, the fullness of life entered back upon his body and he did not die. When you say the miracles happen, they used to happen hundreds of years ago, thousands of years ago, they happen today. When we understand the order of the heavens and how they interact one another. And that's when you draw to the covenant of love. People can go to the website and download it for free. The covenant of love explains the order of the heavens and what's been missing for 2000 years. Yeah, that's true. And uh, so go to gracehealing.org. That's our website, dear listeners. And there you'll find all these resources. And I also like to say, as we conclude here, we may be repeating a lot of things, don't we? But that's okay, in my mind, because you may be listening to this for the very first time, or you may be in a situation where these particular examples that are talked about appeal to you, that may be a situation that you're in right now that will help you. So I, I would recommend to all of you, uh, take these words, take the three-step process if you're in doubt or suffering from the spirit of doubt and use it. And it's incredible. You can also call Larry, his phone number is right on the website, or Ina, who is, is part of the team, and pray with them, talk to them, and it can do, it will make miracles. I want to borrow from an experience from our wonderful intercessor, Deb. She reviews these videos constantly because she's providing the titles and all this stuff. And she finds that every single time she returns to them, it's like there's a deeper awakening, a deeper understanding, a deeper clarity. And it just, it is so funny and wonderful because she's reviewed these things over and over again. And then she's like looking for the specific place that God is leading her to what, what words to tie to it for you to put on the internet and, and how to plug things together. But it is just a joy to hear that she exposed herself to it so many times. But if she does that video one, three, five, seven times, every single time she's gaining something new. So for all of you out there in the audience, please delve into these resources. We make them available for free because they are not our own. We submit ourselves first before God and before God, God governs the nature of our words. Therefore it is yours to access. It is yours to have. And that's why we set up Grace Healing as a resource for this knowledge and information, not something that you're going to just purchase everything from. So 
Wonderful. Thank you, Larry. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Please come back. Uh, we'll be uh, talking again next week. Yes. Thanks, everyone. Week. Blessings to everyone. Take care and be blessed. Bye. Yeah.